0: radio tfs episode number 56 hi this is martin woodward this is greg duncan this is paul hacker so i'm struggling away with a cold here but paul i hear you're at the uh mvp summit the only one of us there this year how
1: was that? Uh, yeah, so it was great. Of course, I can't talk about all the great stuff I saw, but I can definitely talk about the experience, and it was done like most MVP summits I've been at in the past, so I've been going for a number of years now as ALM MVP, and uh, uh, it was different in the fact that there was a lot of PowerPoint, and there was a lot of uh, demo mate type stuff, but we didn't see physical bits in action, which is a little different than most MVP summits um but all in all we got a lot of good information out of it and um uh, met a lot of friends that i haven't seen in a while i see them maybe once a year when i'm there so um we had a great turnout around 100 mvps um something like that or they, we had a really big room i know that with dual screens and all that it was it was big so uh it was a great time though you know um just just talking shop and and learning new stuff and uh and it was good it was it was a good time i enjoyed it i missed you there martin
0: yeah sorry i couldn't be there yeah yeah i you know have um the kids were off school this week so i decided to stay home this week where you guys were were out uh, having fun in redmond so <laughs> I'm glad you're there. it's interesting how things are quite cyclical um with the way depending on where the summit falls and i think that now that we're a lot more now we deliver bits a lot more rapidly you know via the updates and via uh, the team foundation service that if something's done and ready to go, then rather than showing it to you, we've probably shipped it to you already. Right,
1: right, right. And And so that's one of the things that was talked about there is actually the timing of the summit. And one of the things they're thinking about doing is actually moving the summit to later in the year. Um, It's just an idea they're throwing around right now, but rather than having it now because they just think that right now is a bad time of the year to have the summit, um, is maybe towards the end of the year having the summit. So that's kind of in the works. I'm not sure where they're at with that really, but uh, it was brought up.
0: Interesting, yeah, and I think the one the guys wanted to use this summit as more like um, almost like an SDR, you know, like a review of hey, here's some cool things we're thinking about doing, you know, and and kind of getting your the opinion of the people in the room while we've got so many experts in the same room at one time as to where we're thinking of going with the product in the future and really looking a long way ahead to get some opinions so hopefully it was still it was still valuable to you though Paul. oh
1: yeah, yeah yeah it was definitely valuable and the other thing that was different about it is a lot of times we will have folks come in and talk about a piece of the application we're working on x or we're working on this and what they did now was more of a scenario based type of talking so one day we talked about certain things, and they were all on the same topic, basically, and it was it was the whole process all the way through. So, for imagine, finding a, if you find a bug in an application, for example, what are all the steps you go through to, to correct that bug? Well, that's kind of how the, the, the flow of the um, summit was each day, was they picked a topic, and then they worked through all the different pieces it touched throughout the application, um, or the development lifecycle. So, it was a little scenario-driven in that way. So, Paul, I've never been to an MVP summit. What, what is it?
2: Is it especially this one was it more push to you was it pull to you was it very interactive you know i've heard of, i've heard feedback from other summits that it was all presentation and lecture or it was you know there was the entity framework summit that you know had the rebellion there and you know so what was this one like was it you know very collaborative
1: with the different yes. teams or i'll say the ALM mvps are the most um, interesting group of people, um, in terms of working with the product group and the most exciting group to work with. And I say that coming from a C sharp MVP world where it was, this is what we're doing and lecturing and you weren't going to change the world or C sharp at that, for that matter. They knew what they wanted and they were telling you what we're going to do. Whereas with the ALM folks, it's really interactive. I mean, there's some really um, strong opinions throughout the community. And when those MVPs all get together in a room, um, look out. You know, it's, it's really interactive. And one of the things they struggled with this year, which they haven't in most years, is really derailing where the presentation was going. So they would start talking, and next thing somebody would ask a question or bring up a comment, and that would lead to more. Next thing you know, they're down a rabbit hole they had no intention of going down. And then they're trying to round back to get the rest of the presentation. So, it, and there were a lot of surveys this year so survey monkey was our friend this year um doing what should we be working on what shouldn't we be working on where do you think we're going with this with that how do you like this idea so it's it's always like that with the ALM MVPs um and 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 I think it's the greatest group to work with and do do you get the
2: feeling that they actually deliver on what they're listening
1: they have their set ways already so they they know some directions they're going but they're not sure on all directions and so they take into consideration what we say in some of those areas where they're not haven't made a determination um so um there there are technologies which they're they're working on which they intend on continuing with but that when we did the surveys this year weren't voted very high to continue working on so they thought that was kind of interesting but they're going to go down that path because they've already invested in that path
0: well certain times as well it's um you know you you're using you, we do listen very very closely to, you know especially the ALM MVPs that they're, they're trusted like no group I've ever seen uh the MVPs often hear about things you know well before people on the product group even hear about them <laughs> so and that, that happens that's happened more than once to me since I've come over to the product group from being an MVP but um which is why I stay on all the MVP mailing lists. me. but uh, <laughs> anyway uh, so we do listen very very carefully but then we also got to realise that the, um, the MVPs are the elite of our current customers you know and um, Um, we've got to appeal not just to our current customers but to new customers. And so there's a balancing act there that's got to be played as to, um, you know, when we're we're doing things versus when we need to go look elsewhere. But it is a really, really good sounding board. I mean, things like the, you know, just even – I remember, uh, I think it was this time last year, we were probably, you know, hey – mvps were thinking about going look investing in this git stuff what do you think kind of thing expecting uh, them not to be keen at all but we were going to do it anyway <laughs> and actually they came back with wow this is a res- yes this is great this is go do it kind of thing <laughs> so um that was a uh, a very interesting and pivotable pivotal point for the Git work, you know, a year ago was, uh, was was actually getting a resounding thumbs up from the MVPs. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a great group to work with. Very interactive group and lots of interesting opinions and conflicting opinions, which is also good for the, for the other people in the room to see that, you know, you might firmly believe that um, – Agile's the only way, and Kanban, and oh my, why on earth are we building tooling to support people who are doing CMMI and blah blah blah? And then you've got another person in the room saying the is the only way, and you agile hippies are crazy, and you know and. It's really interesting to see the the balance of opinions that we have to try and balance as a as a product group as well, and try and try and you know deliver things that help everybody. So yeah, it's it's good fun. I, I'm sorry you haven't been to one, Greg. Maybe we'll fix that one day. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, we're, we're trying our grapes. Yeah. So, uh-huh. Paul, was there anything that you actually
1: saw demoed that you can talk about? Well, not really. Not in what they were talking about. But what I did have a chance to go to is what they had this year was called an MVP showcase. And so the MVP showcase happened to show some of the tooling that those different product areas are working on. So like office and Xbox and ALM and, and visual studio, things like that. So one of the things I got to see was this type, this uh, item called the TFS branch tool, which I wasn't really familiar with. I'd heard of it, but I wasn't really familiar with it. So Vladimir, who's a fellow MVP and, um, there's another MVP out of Florida that was also involved with it. I forget his name now. It escapes me and I hung out with him while I was there. Um, but they actually showed off the TFS branch tool and it was actually pretty cool. You know, it targets the, um, like the, the people just coming over and learning the branching, having implementing a branching strategy. So not the super mature organizations, but your more immature organizations that are going down the path of branching. This tool can help them to facilitate that in an automated manner. Uh, and so it was it was really interesting watching it. And I know that there was a bug around that. And we actually have a an article on that in a tiny URL, which is tinyurl.com slash tfbranch bug. And um, it discusses that could not load file or assembly source control wrapper bug that came up. Now, they didn't talk about that, of course, at the showcase because they wanted to show it off and have it working um but um what, what I did see was pretty cool. So I and I did see some other things around there um that were pretty cool that people were working on.
2: Nice. Nice. Yeah, we talked about that in the past, but not ha- you know having you see it is it's something something different. Right, right. So speaking of, you know, not being able to go to a summit. We'll talk about another summit. We talked about when was it Martin? Uh when did you go to the AOM summit?
0: January thirtieth was the yeah it was when we launched the Get stuff, that'll be the ALM summit. So oh, yeah, we have a look last
2: show. Alright, so it wasn't that long ago. Gosh, feel the feels, that like it feels forever, up. man. But, uh, um we mentioned, uh, during those shows that, you know, we would hope that Channel 9 would have the videos online, and the videos are now indeed available. If you go to tinyurl.com slash A-L-M-Summit, S-U-M-M-I-T, the number three, Um you'll get to the, the Channel 9 event site that's hosting the A-L-M Summit three videos, and there are a number of different uh, videos all available from the, you know, you know all the standard cool ALM stuff from you know reimagining your application lifecycle to uh, changing your organization to do continual uh, continuous delivery to lean startups demystified doing agile with SharePoint development. Uh, there's a good number of videos here, so um, you know if you guys were interested, if if you're interested in ALM, which I kind of assume since you're listening to this show, um, you are. This is a great resource. It's it's free. It's there. You can queue them up, you know, using the cool video queuing capability of channel nine. So you just click on it and add it to your queue, and add it to your queue, and add it to your queue, and then you can just spend the weekend living ALM. Who wouldn't want to do that? You know, for those non MVP people out there who to, get <laughs> to go to the summit at all. <clears throat> oh well. Anyway, not that One day, one day we will all—we are all MVPs in our heads, right? We don't have to have lucite or free MSDN subscriptions or anything else to feel like an MVP. Darn it!
0: Let's just move on from this and talk about. (laughs) So, Martin. (laughs) Yeah.
2: (laughs) What's new and exciting?
0: Yeah. Why don't I uh, cover what we've shipped rather than Greg (laughs) lamenting his lack of MVP ship? The. So we've shipped quite a few things since we last spoke. Uh, first up, the, um, we shipped a new CCP of, uh, the update two. So if you go to vs20, uh, com, whack, vs2012- to ctp3 it'll take you to a blog post from uh, a good friend that'll have been comparing a lot of the times at the mvp summit that you didn't get to go to paul <laughs> uh, charles sterling and it it takes you through you know some of the features that are now in the ctp obviously uh, things like fakes being in premium and and some of the um, the coded user interface testing support and ie 10 and things
2: I think I asked this the first time. Uh, do, is there an ETA on this? Or I, I think you said no, but it's going to be in the standard, uh, you know, cadence that uh, Update One was released after the, the RTM. Is that right? You know, a couple months.
0: Yeah, there's there's no announced time when we're gonna ship it yet, but we're we're releasing them fairly rapidly. So yeah, I certainly would expect it fairly soon.
2: Yeah, considering me. how fast C T P three came out after the you know, C T P two. That's yeah, C T
0: P two was delayed a little bit. We actually it was ready like a week or two before the ALM summit, but we held it back so we could announce it at the ALM summit. So it was ready on Sprint forty three and Sprint forty three finish... Uh, sorry, uh, it was ready at the end of Sprint 42, and Sprint 43 began on the 14th of January, so that gives you an idea. You know, we kept it back a couple of weeks there, so uh, yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't expect to see it, see, see them coming out that frequently. But definitely. <laughs> but we're, we're getting close. Nice. Um, now, interestingly, um, you need CTP3 to talk about some of the other features we've uh, spoken about. If you go to tinyurl.com TFS 0213 Jamie Cool takes you through the um, improvements that went up in the latest update to the Team Foundation service at visualstudio.com. On February 11, we pushed a bunch of new changes. For me, the most important was uh, the continuous integration was now enabled on, on Git builds. The Git build support that we released in the initial wave of Git you know was just just literally manual builds. It was like a step back to t f s two thousand and five um, but it was it was showing where we're going and it also showing you how rapidly we're we're improving things here because we we went and we improved um the build stuff pretty quickly, and so c i builds are now properly supported um The TCM, there was a bunch of improvements there in the web-based test case management. Uh, Some really good things, actually. So I was quite pleased with some of that. I'm really, really enjoying the web uh, test case management experience. We've done a really good job. Over in my world, um, for version control, again, a lot of the improvements we kind of, though we do ship on sprint boundaries, so... um, we, we are able to push up changes in between sprint boundaries, and so we kind of cheated, and just before the ALM summit, we did push up a few uh, improvements to the, the git-based um, version control experience in the web and the TFEC web version control experiences. So they were actually switched on ready for the ALM summit, so it was a fairly small sprint for us in terms of what was new, but we just added a quick download a zip funk feature. Uh, which is quite handy so in um in you know you you, you're browsing down a source tree somewhere in in the in the website for you know browsing at your source code and you just want a zip archive of from this point down Mm. you can just, just now right click and say download a zip and it'll it'll zip it up for you on the fly and and stream it down to you it's pretty cool nice um, and that saves you know doing a get latest and all that sort of stuff if you just wanted a copy of the source code to have a quick read off so that 's really handy and then there's a couple of other things we did we actually um, we 'd done some stuff in the um, in the the way we did history views it supported uh, branch and rename um, in git projects, but we just extended that to work against TfVC projects. Um, the general idea is that you know whenever we introduce a feature we 'll introduce it for both. Uh, git and tfvc repositories this uh, this you know in the same way and you're not you it is there available to you but that was one where we snuck it in for the the git stuff just before the alm summit and then we went back and finished it off at tfvc in that release and then uh, finally of course um, you know brian we talked about this over the week about the new uh, odata api um, and so you can now use that um, the OData API against the service. So if you haven't checked that out then, uh, yeah, if you go along to um, turnurail.com whack uh, TFS 0213, it gives you more details. And then the final thing, while well, I'm talking about updates... <laughs> Goodness me, we've shipped a lot of stuff already. So, um, we did a, a quick update to Git TF. Um, so, if you go to git tf.coplex.com and go to the download site there, you can get the latest version. Git TF is the way to move code between a TFVC repository and a Git repository. Um, and we just did a quick update to the tool. This was based uh, on MVP feedback, and um, it was a feature. Some of the main, well, actually, we put in some pull requests. some So the community had contributed some features, which we included, and we did some bug fixes, which were included. But we also um, made it so when you're doing an export uh, from TFVC, you can say hyphen hyphen mentions when you're doing a clone. Um, and it'll actually put into the git commit comments. It'll put in, you know, like pound one, two, three. It'll 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 put all the work item numbers into the git commit comments. So that way, if you were to push that same git repository into um, a project collection, uh, the same project collection, it, it, it would reestablish the work item links for you there that you had, you know, when you were checking into TFVC. So that's pretty cool. And it works the other way as well, you know, from Git commits to creating links in TFS. So uh, hopefully that's a nice little feature and, and help people maintain links.
2: And it's nice that, you I know, mean, the source of all that is still there available on Coplex. I'm like, as you were talking, I'm browsing through it now. And it, it does seem kind of weird to be browsing Java code on, on Coplex, but it's all there and it works. And it's even chromo keyed and, and, and all that good kind of stuff. So I yeah, still and- dig that.
0: Yeah, and importantly as well, you notice that the the all the code was checked in actually before we shipped the binary build. So if you want the very, very latest bits, then just do uh just build from source. You know, the source is all there for you. And what's also important is you'll notice some of the not all of the check ins well, all the commits are from Microsoft people. But the um you know, we've pulled in code for community contributions there where somebody's wanted a feature and they've gone and built it and sent us a pull request and we've gone, oh, thank you very much. <laughs> we'll definitely include that. If, somebody, you know, if you want a feature and you write a feature, then that's a great way of the feature getting in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, but open source is great.
2: Yeah, it sure is. Well, it's that time of the show um, where we get to thank our sponsor, which you know, we couldn't bring the show to you without. Um, episode 56 of uh, Radio TFS is brought to you by uh, SAS Made Easy. A leader in hosted TFS, dedicated virtual servers, and TFS ALM consulting. You can reach them at www.sasmadeeasy.com. That's www.s a a s m a d e e a s y dot com. I can make that a song, or <laughs> yeah, never mind. Sorry. Or you can reach them email, uh, via email at sales uh, at sasmadeeasy uh, And now until it's early in the morning for me you know, drinking my coffee all oh, jazzed up okay now back to the show
0: um, i'll send a will uh, send a, a copy of professional team foundation server 2012 and professional alm 2012 to the first person that does a a gangham style parody <laughs> of uh, sass made easy
1: <laughs> <laughs> right on that's cool uh,
0: so paul what, what else have you seen
1: um so, um, I got some other things I can talk about. And one of them that I like is, um, the fact that, uh, I don't know if, if everybody knows who Brian Keller is, but Brian Keller is the guy who creates the V, V, um, VHD, the Hi- Hyper-V image of Visual Studio TFS all in one, download it, play with it, not have to install anything type deal. Well, Brian's gone out and actually taken and uh, implemented the uh, DevOps story into his uh, VM image, and you can now get... The Team Foundation Server 2012 with the System Center 2012 Operations Manager integration um, in the virtual machine and has hands-on labs with it too. So it's really cool. And anybody who's seen these VMs knows the worth of these things. And Brian puts a ton of effort in. So, you know, take it, download it, enjoy it, and let Brian know how much you appreciate what he does. And you can find this at tinyurl.com slash TFS, that is tinyurl.com, T-F-S-S-C-C-M-V-M, and uh, and go out and download it and play with it, especially if you're interested in the DevOps story that they're developing um, and that continues to grow. Um, great way to start playing with those tools um, because, again, having the infrastructure to deploy all this stuff on maybe not be possible for a lot of people, and uh, it's a great way to just play with it and get used to it and see what it can do. So that's what I got on that.
2: Nice. Well, it's at another time of the show when we get to talk about the ALM Rangers. I don't think we talked about ALM anything from the ALM Rangers last week, so we're going to make up for that this week. They, um, uh, Willie Peter Schwab, did I pronounce that right? One of these days I'm going to meet him and he's going to tell me how to pronounce his name.
0: But anyway. Um, hey, Hey, Paul. He was at the MVP Summit, wasn't he?
1: Willie was not at the MVP summit oh, and neither was Bijan. Go. Usually they talk over wow. lunch, you know, and so they'll come in and they'll talk about the Rangers and everything and promote it and, and kind of, you know, recruit. And, and we saw none of them.
0: Wow. I tell you, it definitely was a different MVP summit. Me and Willie weren't there. What's going on?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah, I guess I didn't
2: there. miss all that much then. So I feel good. Anyway, not to talk about the summit anymore, but uh, the ALM team, what they did is they released, you know, they've got about a gazillion um, set of resources, so it's getting actually kind of hard to find it and finding, you know, the treasure in all that. So what the team did is they created an ALM readiness treasure map. It's a Windows Store application that makes it kind of fun and easy to find all the ALM resources, and it has supports um, all the snapping and stuff, so you can snap it to the side as you go browse other, you know, sites or other applications. Um, it's got, you know, some cool, you know, uh, uh, navigation bar stuff. They're continuing to work on that. So if you go to tinyworld.com slash ALM map and you are running Windows 8, because this is obviously a Windows 8 application, um, then go ahead and get it. It's, it's quick and easy, you know, it's not going to you know, change the world, but it does make all of this information easily accessible and easy to discover, which is actually very important with the amount of stuff that they have. So,
0: well, then, if you're not running Windows 8, but well, maybe you're running a different operating system, you might be wanting to use Mono Develop. How about that for a segue, guys? I'm <laughs> that was good. Damn, I'm good. Right, so uh, Dan on. Oh, oh, here we go. I messed it up already by doing, messing up a surname. Dan on. Ardilin. Ardilin. Dan, anyway. Good old Dan. Has um, got an article. If you go to tinyurl.com, whack TFS monodev, that explains how to um, hook up the Team Foundation service to mono Develop interestingly when we were building the uh the git support in in tfs one of the things we did a lot of testing on was making sure that um you know third-party uh ides could talk just fine to to git in tfs as well and we tested we specifically tested mono develop and xcode as um, environments a lot of people doing um Uh, phone development do it in mono and you know a lot of there's a lot of people doing you know using mono development for cross-platform you know sharing Getting .NET code to run on the iPhone and on Android and things like that, which is quite interesting. So uh, yeah, MonoDevelops is an important IDE for us, so we made sure that worked. And and Dan's got a great post explaining how to do it. Basically, the main trick is to make sure you and go to your account and enable um, alternate credentials. The way that you normally authenticate to TFS is by using this little federated, you know, Live ID login. Uh, but you can go in and switch on um, logging. You know, using just a standard username and password. By default, the username that's used is you know your Live ID email address, so you know Martin uh, Woodward Web or whatever. But um, that's not for Xcode. Xcode actually has an interesting, uh, we'll call it a feature, (laughs) uh, that if you if you use a username with an at symbol in, then um, it actually treats that as the domain. Part, you know, so it it does weird stuff if you try and use a username with an at symbol in it. So we had to enable specifically so that Xcode could work with uh, with Git in TFS. We had to also enable the fact that you could use um, you can you can create your own username as well. So you know, if you if you don't want to use uh, Martin at Hotmail or whatever, then you can just go in and and create your own little username and password to use when you are logging into the service. So that's that's the trick, basically.
1: Nice, nice. For those people that are doing the mono develop, and um, one of the other stories that came across the wire here was uh, the installing of Team Foundation Server twenty twelve. So I know that there's a lot of people out there that want to use TFS twenty twelve, but might be intimidated by the installation of it. Uh, so what this guy James Sarah has done is gone out and put together a great blog post on putting and deploying your your uh, TFS twenty twelve. Um, infrastructure. And it's, it's just great blog. It's full of information on on all the like trials and tribulations he went through to get TFS 2012 up and going. So again, anybody who's interested in looking at this for their organization and wants to take it on themselves without hiring consultants, um, you can always go over to James Sarah's blog at um, tinyurl.com slash install TFS 2012. And check out what he has to say. It's it's rather lengthy, but it's really thorough. And it it does a good job of explaining all the steps to getting TFS 2012 installed. Because as consultants, we sometimes forget how difficult or intimidating it can be for other people, because we're used to doing it. And so it's, you know, some of us can almost do it in our sleep. So, um, again, go out and check that one out. It's tinyurl.com slash install TFS 2012.
2: Yeah, as a line of business guy looking at upgrading to 2012, uh, this... Post looks really, really interesting, you know, and it's also to share with my IT guy, you know, when you know, I want to talk about upgrading to 2012, and he's, well, what, what does that mean? It's like, oh, okay, I'll send you this URL and you read it and you tell me. So, uh, yeah, and the way he, you know, it's just a brain dump. Here's what I did. And here's the things we run through. I really like that. So, yeah. In any case, one of these days we'll actually upgrade to 2012. Uh, at least on the TFS 2012, I run. VS 2012 all day, every day, but uh, something else that came across, you guys all know me. I, I, I like the open source stuff. I like the source available stuff. So when we can get TFS productivity tools that are also source available, you, know, I, you know, I just can't avoid that. So, um, product by Mark, Bob Bay, of B A B A Y E V. Uh, which you can find at tfsprod.codeplex.com. He released not just, like, one tool, but it is one, two, three, four, five, six tools currently and counting, and you can get these all on um, the Visual Studio Gallery as well, but you know, go to the CodePlex site, and you can see it all, and you get all the details. So what are we talking about here? We're talking about... Um, A number of different things, some work items things, Uh, um, changing link item types from within the Team Explorer, so you can modify the work item link types, destroy a work item right there within the query results, export the items that you're looking at to Word from Team Explorer, Uh, you've created an extended merge capability. Where you can uh, um, you know play with the merge uh, you know it doesn't have force or baseless options so he's basically taking the merge and extended it on um, modifying the check-in times you know so you can show prove to your boss hey no I was working really late that night no um <laughs> <laughs> you know, and everything and it's and it, it, what's nice is I get all the sources here source available um, and what's another thing that's that's nice for some people anyway uh, if this is for a um, VS 2010 professional and higher so if you haven't made the jump and I know you're out there um, I'm not looking at my coworker across the way in any way shape or form um, if you're still running 2010 these will all work for you as well, so you don't have to jump onto the latest and greatest to get all of these cool TFS capabilities.
1: So I've got some and questions I, around that. Greg, have you used this tooling at all?
2: You know what? No, I haven't. Okay, I mean, okay. Yes, of course. No, no, I, <laughs> I,
1: I, I haven't. Um,
2: i was just like something... curious. Those... Oh, go, go ahead. ahead.
1: I was going to say, I'm really curious on like destroy work items. Is this a collection level administrator permission or is this a project level administrator permission or who can actually go in and destroy those work items? Because that makes me a little (laughs) nervous. (laughs) So I I was reading through here and it says for TFS administrators, but it doesn't tell me who. Like is it a collection admin or a TFS um, project admin? Um, That type of thing. I didn't know if you'd know that or not, if you'd use them. But we have the source. So if we actually wanted to look. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. I'll play with it myself. It looks interesting because destroy work item is actually one of the things that I I, I really like to have in a right-click experience.
0: So um, I'll give you a little – you do need admin permissions for destroy work item to work. Uh, Do do you want a secret top tip, everybody? Yeah, sure. If you use Team Explorer everywhere, which, of course, everybody does, (laughs) if you're an Eclipse user, if you hold down – so you select a work item in the work item query – Hold down the Shift key and then right-click on the work item. You'll actually see "Destroy" shows up as an option there.
1: Really,
2: it's yeah, a-, it was a
0: little hidden thing. We we stuck it in. The reason why it's not in the main, like uh, why "Destroy" is not in the main UI, is because um, "Destroying" works, but it doesn't clear up. There's a bunch of caches that don't get cleared up straight away, client side. Um, and so you kind of have to hit refresh and stuff after a destroy. And there's this kind of some timing things out there. So destroys one of these things we've really never made, you know, readily accessible in the UI. But yeah, if you use Team Explorer everywhere and you know the secret, which is to press the shift key, then you can get hold of uh, destroy from a right-click experience. So there you go. Nice. Nice.
1: Good tip. Top Good
0: tip. tip. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, okay. Well, and the, the reason it was added is because I needed it to do demos with. <laughs> <laughs> And so I I just snuck in destroy so I could get my, uh, you know, get my environment back together in a certain way. So there you go. Okay, guys, I'm afraid we're about, um, we're knocking on half an hour, so we probably get, better get wrapped up for a show. If you'll just, uh, if you permit me, one, one more plug for the book, because it's got to be done. Uh, Grant Holiday, a friend of the show, actually did a great post over at uh whack, TFS book two, talking about the, um, the pro TFS 2012 book. But he also goes into, you know, how we how he wrote it and like what the process is like for writing a technical book, if you're at all interested. So, um, it's worth going along and, uh, and taking a look if you want to read his post. And if, of course, if you wanted to go buy the book, then, but even better, if you want to pirate it from some Russian site, then whatever, that's fine too. So, uh, yeah, uh, uh com whack, whack TFS book two. So, uh, okay. I think that's about a show. Thank you very much. Good speaking to you guys. And uh, we'll see, We'll see you next time on Radio TFS.